Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Continuing with previous messages. I wish every man would hear that. Amen? Yeah, you don't know that sometimes one wrong decision is not just even about you. It's about your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your generations after you. So, Bible said, through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin. And thus, death spread to all men, because all sin. Why are we sinners today? Because of that sin Adam committed. Now, verse 17 of Romans 5, it says something very important. It says, let's read it again. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Therefore, as through one man offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Look at verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. One man sinned, and the whole world became sinful. So one man has to be righteous, and the whole world will become what? Righteous. That is it. So God wants to save mankind from sin. God wants to save mankind from sin. How will God save mankind from sin? By looking for one man. Everybody say one man. One man who can pay the price for the sin of the world. God wanted one man who can pay for the price for the sin of the world. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That means God was looking for one man whose death can pay the full price for the sin of the world. But you know the problem? The problem is that every human being on earth is a sinner, including the ones that are being born every day. They are all sinners. Why? Because everybody is a sinner. Adam gave birth to sinners, and the sinners gave birth to sinners, and the sinners gave birth to sinners, and gave birth until 6,000 years later, you were born as a sinner. You also give birth to sinners. How can God save the world? By looking for one man who is not a sinner. How do people become sinners? Through natural birth. Hello? How do people become sinners? Through what? Natural birth. So God will have to work a miracle by which one human being will come who was not born through a natural birth. So the virgin birth was a necessity to address the most important problem in humanity. The worst problem, the biggest problem, the most serious problem on humanity at that time was sin. Everybody was a sinner, bound by the devil, slaves to the devil. And God says, I created a human being in my image. I'm not going to leave them alone to remain slaves to the devil. I am going to save them. Hallelujah. I am going to do everything I can to bring salvation. So to make that salvation possible, there has to be a miracle because every human being is a sinner. So God said, I'm going to work a miracle. Give me Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. Take me to verse 4. Everybody, are you ready to read? Let's read it together. He said, but when the fullness of time had come, 
God sent forth a son, born of a woman, born under the law. Amen. So God looked for the right time. The right time. And then Mary now had this visitation from the angel of the Lord. That is why Mary had to conceive as a virgin. Hallelujah. And so Jesus was born without Mary and Joseph having an affair. That is why he qualified to save the world. Amen. John chapter 1 verse 29. The Bible says when Jesus was born, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God. Jesus is that Lamb of God. He's the only one who has the power to take away the sin of the world. Why? Because he's the only one who was born of a virgin, apart from Adam. Yeah, so this is what 1 Corinthians 15 said, comparing Jesus with Adam. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, it said, As and so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Jesus is called the last Adam. Why? Because apart from Adam, Jesus is the only person who was born without natural birth. So, just as Romans chapter 5 verse 19 said, can we read it again? Romans 5 19 said, through one man's disobedience, sin came into the world, so also by one man's obedience, made it will be made righteous. Give me 1 Corinthians 15 45 again. He came as the only comparable person to Adam. Hallelujah. Jesus came to undo what Adam did wrong. So you can have access to become a child of God. To be restored into the fullness of the image of what God created mankind to be like. Amen. He said the first Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The first Adam came, came on the scene and gave birth to us. The last Adam came to give us eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. He says it's a life-giving spirit. That means he's superior to the first Adam. Hallelujah. Why? Because he is God himself who was conceived as a man. Let's read the next verse. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from where? From heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. <laughs> Jesus did not only come to undo what Adam did. He came to give us a superior life. Yeah. A superior life higher than that which Adam had. Because Jesus, the Bible says he is the Lord from heaven. Amen. John 1.14, he says, And the word became flesh. I need John chapter 1. And the word became what? Flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. The word became 
flesh. Which word is he talking about? He said, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Hallelujah. He said, how can God's word be God? Because you cannot separate somebody from his words. Can you? No. Right now as I'm talking, you hear my words. That is exactly what I'm saying. Amen. I cannot tell you that it was my word that said this. It was not me. No, you cannot separate somebody from his words. Yeah. So God and his word are one. Amen. But when the time came for God to bring salvation to the world, his word took on flesh. That was the miracle. We call it in theology the incarnation. God's word taking on human form. Hallelujah. Is the pastor explaining to me naturally? I cannot explain because it's a miracle. I said it's a miracle. No, if you want me to explain to you how a virgin could conceive, then you to explain to me how come Adam became a human being without being born. Hello? You know that is why scientists tell us that we were not created by God. We evolved from animals. They want to set aside the creation so that they can condemn the virgin birth. They said, we evolved from monkeys. I am not an evolution of a monkey. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the perfect creation of God. Created by God, in, in the image of God, in the likeness of God. That is what I am. Amen. And that is what you are. God created you. But, but, but the beginning of all that creation, it took a miracle. The Bible said God used clay. To form a human shape. Lifted the human being up. And breathed into him. The, Bible, the Hebrew word there is ruach. The ruach means the breath of God. The life of God. God breathed his life into the human being. And suddenly the human being began to breathe. And look at God. Hallelujah. And began to move around. And began to function. With the intelligence. With the, with the wisdom. of Different from a human being. That is how God did it. And that is how the miracle of the virgin birth took place. It's a miracle. There is no human explanation to it. I believe that to authenticate the virgin birth, that is why women whose wombs have been removed are still getting pregnant today. Because God wants to work miracles for people to know that he can easily make a virgin to be pregnant. Oh, you can say, oh, I don't believe in the virgin birth. Go around, look for people. You will meet people. Their wombs have been removed. People, fallopian tubes have been removed. Hallelujah. But they are becoming pregnant because God wants to keep working this miracle to validate and authenticate the virgin birth that Jesus is the true son of God. Listen, if Jesus was conceived by a virgin who did not know a man, it means he is truly the son of God. He is the son of God. He is the son of God. So when he came on the scene, he said, he made the most, the most profound, the most outstanding statement of all time. He said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Do you understand what they mean by only begotten son? Because it was his word that became flesh. So it couldn't be many begotten sons. His word is one. So God has an only begotten son. God, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. When he say he loved the world, it means he loved the people living on earth. 
who are lost in sin, bound by the devil on the way to hell. God so loved the world. Christmas is about the expression of God's love to mankind. Amen. It is about the expression of God's love for you. This morning I came to tell you, nobody may love you, but almighty God, he loves you. And that is all that matters. He loves you. Somebody shout and say, he loves me. Yeah, people may not like you, but he loves you. People may not speak good about you, but he loves you. People may hate you, but he loves you. People may envy you, but he loves you. People may fight you, but he loves you. People may be laughing at you, but he loves you. People may be conspiring against you, but he loves you. And that is all that matters. If we can all stop running around, going around, looking for people to validate us and make us feel important. If we can all spend at least a few minutes every day to meditate on God's love for us, we will just be fine. We will be fine. All this depression and all these worries and all this trying to, to impress people, it will go away. You will become a confident man when you understand that the almighty God, I'm not talking about uh, Nana Kufuado or Donald Trump or who else? Some of the most powerful. No, I mean, if Akufuado calls you today, it doesn't it mean you are important? Yes, the commander-in-chief of the Ghana forces, the head of state calls you now. It means I have become important because... He's never called me before. So that, let's not rubbish it. You may not like him, but he's the head of state. Amen. Amen. You may not like Trump, but if he says, I want to visit your home this Christmas, my God, your life will change. <laughs> I can bet your life will change. What are you talking about? But we are not talking about Donald Trump loves you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Everybody is praying for one particular thing. I mean, who is God going to answer? Praise the Lord. Four years time, he will go. But there is somebody who created the whole universe. He doesn't stand for election to be God. Nobody can vote him out of power. No, he doesn't ask anybody's permission to move. Nobody can put him on trial. In fact, Donald Trump is on trial now. Impeachment trial. Nobody can put God on trial. Because he's God all by himself. Then... Can you imagine that God says, my son, Henry Kwekumensa Hubert, I love you. Now you are still waking up looking for somebody else to still love you. What is wrong with you? I don't care what you think about me. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. Are you understanding me? I don't care whether you like me or not. The most important person on earth says he loves me. I came to tell you, God loves you too much. He loves you. Now, this is the most serious one. Are you ready for it? He doesn't love you on conditions. Oh, if you do good, I'll love you. If you do bad, I'll frown at you. You know, yesterday I frowned at my daughter big time because I was, I was bored with her. I was angry with her. But, you know, God's love for me. Eh? Can you give me... Oh, I haven't finished with John 3.16, but let me give you Romans 5, 8. 
He said, God demonstrated his love upon us. That when we were holy, righteous. When, look at it on us. He said, when we were still drinking alcohol, smoking weed and cigar, womanizing left, right, front, center, stealing from, from everywhere, doing all the bad things, he loved us. What are you talking about? This love is not conditional. Take me to John 3. Let me finish. I came to tell somebody this morning, live here rejoicing. It is, you, don't, you don't need a shoe to feel important. You don't need a, a, a Rolex watch to feel important. You don't need a Peruvian hair to feel important. You don't need Brazilian hair to feel important. You don't need Ashama hair to feel important. <laughs> Hallelujah! The most important truth about you is that Jehovah Almighty, he loves you. And he doesn't love you for one day or one week or one month or two weeks or two years or five years. He loves you unconditionally forever. Give him a shout of praise in this house. Somebody shout and say, he loves me. And that is all that matters. Shout it one more time and say, he loves me. And that is all that matters. Shout it one more time and say, God Almighty loves me. And that is all that matters. That is all that matters. That is all that matters. I don't care what happens again. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. In the morning, he loves me. In the afternoon, he loves me. In the evening, he loves me. In the night, he loves me. When I'm going out, he loves me. When I'm coming back, he loves me. Wherever I am, he loves me. Give him a shout of praise. When I have money in my pocket, he loves me. When I have no money, he loves me. In good times, he loves me. In bad times, he loves me. When people are not talking to me, he loves me. When my husband doesn't want to, to, to show me love, he loves me. God Almighty loves you. He's not, he's not now thinking when to love you. It's too late. He fell in love with you long, long, long time ago. He's not now planning when to love you. He's not waiting for you to be perfect before he loves you. He loved you long before you, you gave your life to Jesus. In fact, it was that love that drew you to him. Let's finish. You will love this. He said, for God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. Amen. Listen, there is nothing you need that God is not ready to give to you. We didn't hear, so I'll try again. God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten son. If God can give his only begotten son to die for me, there is nothing else I need now that is more higher and bigger than his only begotten son. Listen, everyone understand my voice. Whatever you need from God, you don't need to qualify for it. His love for you qualifies you to have it. And that is what grace means. Today I'm going to pray for you. He loves you, so he will heal you. He loves you, so he will bring that money you need into your life. He loves you, so he will lift you up. He loves you, so he will not let your enemies rejoice over you. 
He loves you so he will not allow you to be disgraced. He loves you. So whatever you need, that open door you need, God is committed to open that door in your life because he loves you. I said, because he loves you. Shout it one more time. He loves me. And that is all that matters. Today, when you close on church, put it on your, on, your, on, your, on your status. That is all that matters. He loves me. Hallelujah. I said, he loves me. You may not agree with me, but he loves me. Hallelujah. Why is it that people are not enjoying his love? Because of unbelief. Hello? Does God love every unbeliever? Yes. Are all unbelievers saved? No. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting love. Faith comes by hearing. Faith works by what? Love. Faith works by love. You see, you will never exercise great faith until you understand the love God has for you. The basis for exercising faith is when you believe that the God you are trusting, he loves you. Amen? Amen. Whoever believes in him will not perish. If you are here today and you don't, you have not given your life to Jesus, I want you to know that God loves you, but you cannot enjoy that love until you believe in Jesus and express that belief openly by confessing him as Lord, the Savior of your life. I'm going to give you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus today. But listen, even those of you who have given your life to Jesus, whatever else you need from God, you want God to give you, you still need to exercise your faith. And join the love of God. It comes through believing in him. Amen. Amen. And today I want to tell somebody, don't give up on your faith. I don't know what you are going through, but keep trusting him. He will come true for you. He is a faithful God. The Bible says he's not a man to lie. He's not a human being that will change his mind. He is God. And when you trust him, you will wait for him. Because the only proof that you, your faith is in God is your readiness to wait until God does it. And let me tell somebody today, if God does it, it's a thousand times better than when you do it by yourself. Oh, when God does it, it is a thousand times better than if somebody does it for you. Oh, I'll wait for God and not do it by myself. I will trust him. My duty is to trust him, is to believe him, is to hold on to his word and exercise my faith. His duty is to take care of me and bring his word to pass in my life. I pray over somebody today that your faith will not fail, that you will trust the Lord, that you hold on to God, that you will believe God and your faith will produce testimonies in your life. A day is coming. You will stand and tell the world, Come and see what the Lord has done for me. I trusted the Lord and he came through for me. I waited upon the Lord and he came through for me. And he turned my life around and made my life a testimony. May your life become a testimony. In the name of Jesus, may your family see and know that your God is alive. That Jesus is the true savior of the world. Put your hands together for the Lord. Jesus is the savior of the world. I said Jesus is the savior of the world. He gave himself up to die for you. If you give your life to him, you will never be disgraced. You will never be disappointed. If Jesus is in your life, I came to give you hope. I came to encourage you. It's not over with you. I don't know what you are going through. But God is going to come through for you. God is going to come through for you. Because his blood is a mark 
on you. But somebody here, you are still going to, to celebrate your testimony. Thank him for his love for you. Thank him. Tell him, Lord, I thank you for your love for me. Somebody sang a song and said, God's love is so high, you cannot jump over it. And it is so low, you cannot go under it. It's so wide, you cannot go around it. Thank him for your life. Thank him for your life. Thank him for your life. I don't know what the devil is telling you, but thank him for your life. Because there is hope for you. God is still on your case. The hairs of your head are numbered by him. He knows you by name. He knows your address. He knows your situation. And he will not fail you. We thank you, Lord. I want to pray for you. The scripture on the screen still says that God so loved the world that he gave. He loves you, so he will keep giving to you. He loves you, he will keep giving to you. Bible says on daily basis, his mercies are new every morning. He provides daily. He gives you life. He will give you what he needs to sustain the life. Today, I don't know what you need. You are still believing God for something before the end of the year. Or it may not even be about the end of the year, but you are just believing God. You need something from God. Lift up your voice and let's begin to pray. The same God who brings salvation also brings healing. I pray for you, Father. I stand on your word today. I pray for your precious people all over this house for the manifestation of your love in the life of your children. Today, we stand on your word. We exercise faith and we declare there shall be no lack. 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 In the name of Jesus, I rebuke sickness and disease. I command every sickness and disease be gone. I command healing to your life. I command healing upon your life. Be healed right now. Receive your healing. From every eye problem, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be healed of every pain in your body, every ailment, be healed. Of every kidney problem, be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. Be healed. In the name of Jesus, I pray for you, whatever you want, the sound of my voice. Every attack of the enemy against your life. I bring it under arrest. I destroy the power of darkness. Every power of Satan. Harassing your life. Contending against your life. Today, every harassment in your dreams. Harassment in the night. Nightmares, I come against it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The fear of death, I rebuke it. I declare you will not die. You will cross over into the new year. I pray in the name of Jesus. I rebuke and I destroy accidents. I destroy every accident in your life. I pray over your children. I pray over your whole household. That in this Christmas season, may you enjoy the covering of God. In the name of Jesus, the Lord deliver you from every ritual murder. The Lord deliver you from every armed robbery attack. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You will not be a victim to any armed robbery attack. You will not be a victim to any fraud. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for your children. Today, I command the release of your blessing and of your grace upon their lives. In the name of Jesus. We thank you and we give you praise. In the name of Jesus. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.